Hey, y'all, this is the Fishing Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Angie Thompson. Each week, we talk to thought leaders in the fishing business in the hopes of teaching you more about the business side of fishing. This week, we've hooked a big one. We've got them on the line, and we're about to reel them in. But before we do, I want to have a quick chat with you. In every industry, there's a language and lingo specific to that industry, and it's important that you are at least familiar with some of that language. In today's episode, we're going to drill down into engagement marketing with Matt Ozawa, the engagement marketing manager for Toyota Motors North America. Now, I'm going to ask Matt to explain more about what engagement marketing is specifically, But before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit about the two big buckets that most marketing efforts fall into, and that's inbound and outbound marketing. First, let's talk about outbound marketing, because that's what most of us think of when we hear advertising or marketing. Outbound marketing is any kind of marketing where a brand initiates the conversation and sends its message out to an audience. Outbound marketing includes the more traditional forms of marketing and advertising like TV commercials, radio ads, print, and trade shows. On the other side of the spectrum is inbound marketing, which is when the customer is looking for the brand. Examples of inbound marketing are content marketing, blogging, search engine optimization or SEO, and opt-in email marketing. What you, not, what you might notice about inbound marketing is that it's very hands-off and indirect. There's usually not a big noticeable sales pitch. Inbound marketing nudges customers down the sales funnel by increasing their engagement with the brand. And the sales funnel is basically the process a customer goes through from their first contact with the brand to a purchase. Now, why am I telling you all this? Because I want you to be knowledgeable, for one thing, and I want you to understand this marketing world better so you'll have more success inside the fishing business. And today's guest is a great one to pay attention to in order to learn from. His name is Matt Ozawa, like I said. He's the engagement marketing manager at Toyota North America, Toyota Motors North America. He's a big deal, y'all. I'm so proud to have him here today. This is going to be good. Y'all ready? Let's go. Matt Ozawa is our guest today on the Fishing Business Podcast, and Matt is the engagement marketing manager at Toyota, at the at the Toyota, y'all. Toyota, <laughs> I guess, is it Toyota North America officially, Matt? Toyota Motor North America, that's okay. correct. And are you the only engagement marketing manager, or are there several in different categories? I am the only one for the Toyota brand, correct. Wow, that's really, um, that's really something. Okay, how did you, have you been at Toyota for a long time? How did you get to where you are? Well, um, first of all, thanks for the opportunity, Angie. It's great oh, to be welcome. here. I'm so, so glad yeah. you're here. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That was, uh, yeah, glad to get that uh, notification from you. So glad to be here. Um, well, I've been with Toyota for 28 years. Wow. Um, I started pretty much straight out of college. Um, and it's been uh, a great career so far. I've uh, I've been fortunate enough to work at all three divisions of Toyota, and that includes Toyota, Lexus, and even Scion when Scion was still around. Wow! Um, and most of my career has well, I spent my career pretty much 15 years in our field offices in Chicago and San Francisco, and of course working at our headquarters both here in Torrance and now in Plano, Texas. Um, and I've had probably like 15 different jobs 
during my career in sales, distribution, uh, fixed operations, customer services, and, and of course, marketing. You know, it's funny. Uh, Pepsi was one of my clients. Toyota was my client when I was at Bass. Thank goodness. They were my favorite client. Pepsi was also one of my clients and they had a, they had a, um, uh, well, I don't know what you would call it, but they had a system there where everyone that was, in, you know, at a certain level in at corporate would change jobs every 18 months. And because uh, they wanted people to be well-rounded, especially people who were being, you know, going to be promoted into leadership roles, um, which it was a little bit, honestly, it was a little bit tough for someone like me because you got a new contact every 18 months, but I did understand how that would be beneficial. And it seems like, especially in a marketing role, it would be beneficial to kind of have a lot of different perspectives to come at from the company. Agreed? Uh, Agreed. I I will say in our field offices, it was quite common for us to change jobs uh, pretty much every year, every year and a half. We would definitely rotate through various positions within the field offices for those various reasons, just so we have a pretty solid foundation of knowing all aspects of our business. Um, of course, the downside is, yeah, our contacts were always dealing with different people, um, but that's okay. But I think in my role now, it's, it's more beneficial only because I know so many more people in various areas of our company. So when right. people need to have a question about, you know, how long will I order my car today? How long will it take? Well, I know someone in distribution who at least I've worked with before who can help find us the right answer and so forth. So mm-hmm. it's good to have that foundation, but it's more important to have all the contacts throughout the company as well. So if I can't figure out how, uh, what one of these instrument panel gadgets does on my car, can I call you and find Absolutely. out? Absolutely. <laughs> I'll call someone in probably your customer services or something like that to find out. We could find yeah. out. So, uh, but you actually like to fish too. So, uh, how did how did that come about, Matt? Well, yeah, this is like my dream job. But anyway, it probably started as a kid. You know, my father used to take me to the local pier in Redondo Beach, California, or the barge off of the off of the pier, and just do fishing there. Uh, we would go on family vacations and do some fishing. All, you know, primarily just for like trout and maybe catfish. Um, I was involved with scouting, so I would fish some pretty remote lakes when we went on these long-term hiking trips. Um, and then maybe, so that was when I was younger, but maybe later on, maybe about 10 years ago, when I moved from Northern California back to Southern California, I was living pretty much a block away from the beach, and I got into surf fishing, um, just using you know, light gear, targeting things like halibut, surf perch, uh, corbina, croaker, white sea bass, all just sitting on the beach, just tossing out into the waves and so forth. Um, So I got more into fishing then. And then when we got the news that we were going to move to Texas, everything changed. And Mm -hmm. I focused on largemouth bass. So I did a lot of reading, prepping, of course, had to buy all new equipment and so forth. Um, but it's been, yeah, it's been, it's been great. I love it. So what is it about fishing that you, that you love? <laughs> it's probably the it's a, it's a challenge of it all. There's so yeah. many variables involved. Right? Weather, water temperature, clarity, wind, time of the year, with fishery. So there's just so many things that you just have to try to figure out to find the fish. 
and have them, you know, and the land of fish. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. a challenge. You know, I, I fished, I was lucky enough last summer to fish with um, Henry Winkler, who's, you know, Fonzie. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, he loves to fish. Okay. And, um, and I asked him, I was like, why do you love fishing so much? And he said, you have to think so hard about so many different variables, but that you can't think about all the other stuff in your life that you're trying not to think about at this time. Right? Yeah. Agree. Yeah. But it's still, it's still relaxing though, right? It's nothing better oh, than yeah. being out there. Just, yeah, it's relaxing. It's like, a, it's like a little brain vacation. So what's your favorite part about Toyota's relationship with the sport of fishing? Oh, it's easily, it's our anglers. Um, I'm fortunate enough to work with seven of the best anglers we could, we could ask for, um, both on the MLF tour and, and on bass, fantastic people to work for. And of course, I'm always asking for tips and so forth, <laughs> but they're so, they're all just good people down to earth. And obviously do a great job of helping us represent the Toyota brand out there when they're fishing and, you know, doing a good job with the sport overall. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think uh, fishing is right for the Toyota brand, especially for the, for the trucks, the Tundra and the Tacoma brands? Because we know that in order to get your boat to the water, you need a truck. You need That's a truck right. to tow it. Um, and of course, I'm a little biased here, but we, we feel the Tundra is the, is the best vehicle for that purpose so you're right and I'll tell you what I, I know I've told you this before in the in the past Matt but um you know 20 years ago if you went by a boat ramp in the southeast or the central U.S. or the upper Midwest on a Saturday morning you would see Chevys and Fords and now you see usually it's mostly Toyotas yeah, I, 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 we're glad to see that, obviously, and it's what we're trying to do. We, we think we build a capable truck. Uh, we have a, a brand new one coming out next year. Ooh, um, how exciting. So it is exciting. I think everyone's excited about it. But again, we're, we're happy to help see this, help the sport grow itself. So it's been good. Yeah, and you guys have been great, great partners to the sport of fishing, and um, we are all lucky to have you in this sport. Even if, even if you don't drive a Toyota, which we hope you do, um, <laughs> but you're you're a beneficiary of Toyota's involvement in the sport because you guys have helped bring the sport to a new level, and we really, all of us, really appreciate that. Well, well, thank you. That means a lot. What would your grandparents say that you do for a living? If they had to describe what you did, what would they say? Or how would you tell them what you well, did? Well, they, they would probably say, yeah, you get paid to do this. Um, <laughs> right. You really, it's like a, I look at it, it's like a great way to travel across the U.S., meet tons of super nice people, and showcase the great products that Toyota builds. I mean, it is crazy. I feel I feel very fortunate to be in this position that I am. It's taken me 28 years to find this job. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, lucky me, really. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I hear that a lot in this business. What lucky me. So what's not on your resume or your LinkedIn profile? Uh, what's something that people don't know about you? Uh, well, I guess yeah, I, I am like the black sheep of my family. I don't know. That wouldn't be on really? my resume. I'm the, I was the youngest of five boys. Um, God bless course, your mama. I was, 
Yeah, I was, I was, you know, spoiled. I'm sure I got away with tons of stuff as a kid that they never got away with. Whether it was, you know, curfews or I don't know, all just so many dumb things I did as a child, and I'm still here. But you know, there were consequences to pay. <laughs> but still, I did a lot of things that, yeah. We all have. We all have. Well, I'm going to take a break here. But but before we come back, I do want to ask you, because I think some of our listeners and, and, you know, uh, a lot of the people who listen to this or watch this on YouTube are are trying to break into the sport of fishing. What is engagement marketing? What does that mean? Um, For us, it's really one of the few departments within Toyota where we actually have an opportunity to interact one on one with consumers. Um, you have auto show teams, probably the motorsport team, and then you have engagement marketing. Um, and, and really we know people aren't going to a music festival. We know they're not going to a bass tournament to buy a car. So really we're like an intercept model. Um, and my job is really because people are so when they're going to these events, they're not thinking about buying a car. So they're really kind of high up in the whole what we call the, the sales funnel, or the purchase mm-hmm. funnel. So my job is really to improve the opinion and consideration of the brand. And what can we do to help influence someone's decision to buy a Toyota when it comes to purchasing their next vehicle? Um, so, you know. I try to put myself in their shoes when they come to one of our activations on site. We focus on what we call TFEs or like the, uh, the technical or the functional or emotional attributes for a vehicle. And we want them to kind of say, wow, I didn't know Toyota, you know, had this type of safety technology or the ergonomics or the infotainment systems or even the drivability. So anything we can do to really change their perception of our products is is what we're trying to, to go after. So in my mind, I always think, you know, like when you go to the Bassmaster Classic and you see the Toyota booth there and all of the neat things there are to do inside the Toyota booth, I always think about how, um, you know, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but you know, sometimes me personally, me, and I think maybe other women, I'm, I'm scared to go to the dealership, you know, because, because I'm afraid, first of all, I'm afraid I'll leave with a new car. Uh, (laughs) I'm very influenceable, but it's always so nice to be able to go there and have this sort of sit in the vehicle and talk to people about it and not have the pressure of somebody saying, okay, which one, which color do you want, you know, and pick out your, pick out your features. Yeah, I I agree. I, I think it can be intimidating. That's why, Things that we do in engagement marketing are, even of course, obviously auto shows, um, very much that non-confrontational, no pressure type of environment um, to help people make the right choice for, for their needs. And when, and when you also, we also hear this word experiential, and that's kind of interchangeable with engagement, isn't it or no? It, it very much is. I mean, we want people to, um, I, I guess we're always trying to enhance their experience when they're attending event that we're at, whether it's fishing event, music festival, culinary, a, a food and wine festival, what can we do to enhance their experience while they're there? Um, we don't just want to be a name on a sign out there. We really want to have them enjoy their experience. And of course, 
experience what we have to offer in our products while we're on site too. Yeah. You know, a lot of times when I'm talking to people and I, I talk about activation, you know, people outside of, of our business, they, sure. a lot of people are confused by that. They're, they'll say, what is activation? You know, why, what do you mean when you say activation? And, and I always try to find the best way to say it. And, 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 and then you tell me if you think you agree with this, but I, I try to say, you know, a, um, an activation that a brand does brings life to the brand and, and, and sort of animates the DNA of the brand. I think it's it's not only that, but we should be really bring help bringing life to the event we're at as well. Oh. we should be contributing to a user's or a consumer's experience. So, yeah, we don't want people. We want to help if they're at a fishing event, tournament, or a weigh-in or whatever. We hope, but we're there. We're making it even more fun for them to be there. You know, what did Toyota do to make their experience even better when they were there? You and you guys are the best. You do it. You do it very, very well. We try, but thank you. We have great <laughs> partners, so it does make it make it a lot easier for me. All right, we're going to take a quick break right here, you guys. Um, we'll be right back with Matt Ozawa from Toyota. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, check out fishingbusinessschool.com where you can see video uploads of the podcast as well as my blog where I give you more practical advice on the business side of fishing. Fishingbusinessschool.com. Come see me over there. We're back on the Fishing Business Podcast with Matt Ozawa. Matt Ozawa. Matt Ozawa. I'm saying it right, aren't I? You got it. Sorry, you know, I'm Southern. I can really mess up a name now. Matt's the engagement marketing manager at Toyota, and, and he and I have worked together in the past. Great guy, very, very smart. And I'm so excited that he's here today and able to spend some time with us um, for you guys so you can kind of listen to a great marketing mind. Um, Matt, we talked before the break about how you came through a career path at Toyota in different departments. How has your experience in the sales side of the business influenced your decision-making and philosophy, how you approach things on in, in, in engagement marketing. Yeah, obviously for, for us, what can we do to make sure that person wants to buy a Toyota when it's time to buy a new car? So mm -hmm. um, like I mentioned earlier, everything we do when we are um, at an event or at a festival, at a festival is really um, what can we do to really improve their opinion and consideration of our brands? What can we do to make them say, wow, that was, you know, I really didn't think about Toyota in that, in that manner or in that fashion or that functionality. I'm going to put that on my consideration list. So when I go buy a car next time, it's going to be one of the brands I look at. So it's you know, really we about hear, We hear sales and marketing all the time and they seem to go hand in hand. But what is the difference in sales and marketing? What's, because I say all the time, I'm like, we're marketers, but we're also salespeople, y'all. We're all salespeople. So what is the difference in your mind? Interesting. I, I think I am more about bringing, maybe I'm considered more less pressure. Marketing, we're trying to draw awareness to our products, um, make them create a, create, create, um, create some type of, I hate to say incentive or reason, really, maybe it's more of a reason, create an incentive of why they should choose Toyota over any other brand um, and right. help them choose on their own 
and make that decision on their own. Whereas sales, maybe it's a lot more pressure by now, you know, yeah. best deal today. Right. So maybe that's a difference. Yeah, I like that. And then what about the difference in sort of the overall marketing mix at Toyota? I mean, obviously you guys have a lot of irons in the fire when it comes to marketing. I mean, you're in the you're in the Olympics, you know, you're 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 really uh, in a lot of different places that we all focus our attention. Where does engagement marketing fit in between inbound and outbound marketing? Um yeah, we do have a lot of fires. I mean, as you can imagine, um a large percentage of our marketing budget is kind of spent on traditional media, right. TV, radios, all that. Um, on the inbound side, we have a separate digital marketing group um, that focuses both on our corporate website as well as our dealers' websites. Um, we also have a social media team that handles all of our social channels. Um, on top of that, we have uh, a team that handles our 60 team Toyota athletes and their uh, Toyota social channel. Um, mm-hmm. I would say engagement marketing, I think we straddle both inbound and outbound marketing. Um, For example, we sponsor large-scale events, um, and with those assets, we expect to deliver more brand awareness through on-site signage, media rights, print, etc. However, I think for inbound marketers, through our on-site content and our activations, um, we try to develop exciting entertaining and informative on-site activations that will draw people into kind of our space and want them to, and really have them want to check out Toyota and our products. Um, And of course we do offer premiums um, that are relevant to help incentivize them for come visiting us. Yes. So yeah, I think we do both. Love those premiums. (laughs) Uh, Our listeners, you know, our, our viewers are, either aspiring pro anglers or they want to work in this industry. And, and as we said earlier, we're all marketers. We're all, we're all sales people at some, even, I mean, listen, even a stay at home mom is in sales. You know, she's really, she's trying to, she got to convince those kids that they want peanut butter and jelly today or, or bananas, the right (laughs) snack. We're all in sales at some, in some way. But what do you think makes a good marketer? Um, Is it, you know, are you, is it creativity? Is it your ability to read your audience? Is it uh, the ability to parse the, you know, the, the data that's coming back to you? What, what makes a good marketer? Cause you're a good marketer, Matt. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I am sure everyone has different answers. I would say honesty. You know, you truly have to believe in your product or services that you are marketing. Um, especially if you're marketing yourself, right? What are your strengths how do those strengths maybe align with what you're trying to achieve? Um, and of course, be genuine to the people you meet because you never know who might be able to put you in contact with the right person. That's right. And I think especially in this industry, the bass industry, everyone seems to know someone. Mm-hmm. It is amazing how tight this group is. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's all based on relationships. Boy, that's a recurring Absolutely. recurring theme here. Um, another thing that I've always been so impressed with about Toyota, and and it and it relates back to something that I that I tell our listeners and and clients that I coach, is that you should know your audience. And Toyota really, really deeply seems to me deeply understands their customer for each product, right? So so it's it's, it's something we can learn from, in my opinion. When I look at what Toyota does with their truck 
messaging. And then when I look at what they do with some of their other Prius messaging, uh, I look at that and go, they understand who they're talking to. And that's really important. There's quite a bit of research involved. Absolutely. Every vehicle has a profile, a target market. Um, audiences we're trying to reach that we think are the right fit for a certain product. Um, constantly evolving. And as you can imagine, lots of meetings. Um, yeah. But yeah, we try. It's uh, it's very competitive out there. A lot of great brands building great products. Um, so we have to, yeah, we have to, you know, stay stay on our toes. But the rest of us, I think the rest of us can learn from from that. In my, I, I real, I I learn from it. You know, I, like I said, I can I can look at what you do with your different products and think, oh, that makes perfect sense. They're looking, they're they're trying to reach a a, a mom with this vehicle, you know, right. or they're trying to reach a a certain kind of guy with this vehicle. And um and I can look at how you how you tell your stories and do your messaging and go, hmm, that makes so much sense. I can do the same thing. Got it. And I think it's kind of fun from my from my end to see how we're trying to maybe steer a product towards a different audience. Um, maybe the new Sienna that we're we're coming out with. You know, I think the whole uh, what everyone thought about Sienna soccer moms and so right. forth driving a minivan, but now we're finding there's a whole new different audience that are attracted in driving minivans. Maybe it's. Uh, uh, Maybe we're grandparents now who are taking care of the grandkids and taking them on little excursions or more active people, young adults who want the freedom of having extra space and the functionality of the van. So it's interesting to see how how different these audiences can evolve over time. And now, you know, speaking of audiences and how you interact with them, you have, you know, you have relationships with a lot of different types of personalities and celebrities and athletes and public figures. Um, what do you look for in the personalities that you partner with? Um, maybe authenticity is probably number one. They have to be a person that's authentic to the event or space that we're dealing with here. Obviously, bass anglers, very authentic to the whole bass fishing world. Sure. That's an easy one too. Um, character. You know, what do they stand for? Are they a role model? And then maybe third is personality. Are they likable? Can they engage with consumers both maybe in person and digitally? Um, and lucky for us, I, I can tell you my seven anglers that we have, our team toy anglers check all those boxes for sure. Oh, 100%. 100%. Absolutely right. Yeah. And and now... Um, also, it's, you know, what you're really talking about there in so many words, in some ways, is that they have their own brand. You know, they have their own personal brand and it, and it dovetails nicely with, with your brand. Who is somebody outside of the fishing world that does it right in terms of marketing and developing their personal brand that the rest of us could learn from? Um, one name that probably comes to mind is, is J.J. Watt. He's a defensive player for uh, the Houston Texans. Um, obviously, being a great role model in his community, when the uh, Hurricane Harvey hit his area, he did a hurricane relief fund that his goal was really just to raise $200,000. He ended up raising like $37 million. Incredible. Um, so he's really gone from just your, I guess, regular pro athlete 
to now being more of a role model in his community. And now he's launching, I think, some online, uh, I'm sorry, this more televised thing called Ultimate Tag. It's really just like taking the whole traditional playground game of tag and having others now compete in this obstacle course and so forth. And oh, how cool. you know, he'll be hosting it and stuff. So it is kind of interesting to see how people have really changed their persona, marketing themselves in a wholly in a totally different way than how you would perceive that person before. Like, you know, yeah. he's a pro football player, but now he's a host and now he's a, a great, you know, community leader. So that's one that's person that just comes to mind. I love that. I will go, I will watch him more closely. Of course, obviously aware of him. And um, you're right, the hurricane really made a big, uh, he, he made a big difference during that time. And that's really when I sort of became a little bit more aware of him, but I will pay closer attention now. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, well, as you're talking there, I'm thinking about how, you know, you, you guys have such a good relationship with the people you partner with, the celebrities, the personalities that you partner with. And you also have a really good, you take very seriously your relationship with your consumers and, and also your partnerships with other people like, like the fishing industry. Now, it's the culture of the, of the company, of Toyota. Does that affect those relationships? It seems like it's part of the, the culture, it's relationships. Is, is that right? And, and how does that affect how you, how you market? How does the culture affect it? Yeah, um, very true. One of our main guiding pillars at Toyota is respect for people. Mm. Um, internally within Toyota, we're always looking for ways to help them develop both personally and professionally. Um, in, in addition, we encourage open communication and transparency. Um, so we look at sponsorships really as, as partnerships. Um, through this partnership, each of us really should be able to grow and develop and become better. Um, and this won't happen or wouldn't happen unless there's a certain level of transparency and, and sharing of ideas um, and objectives. Yeah. If, if you look at our portfolio of properties, uh, just within engagement marketing, it would, be, it would be common to see that our partnerships span, several of them span more than 10 years. I mean, oh, our right. partnership with, you know, BASS, it spans 16 years now. Um, Due Tour is 15 years Stagecoach Country Music Festival is 13 years. And, and those are just a few examples for us. So we do value long-term partnerships for sure. You know, and, and I and I will add to that, Matt, um, that in, you know, in, in my time in, in sales at Bass, I, I dealt with a lot of different brands and no one was more respectful of, of us, of Bass and the sport of fishing and the people that worked at Bass than Toyota and never, never felt like I was being um, condescended to at all. Um, it, it was so, so much respect there. And, and that spirit of trying to help each other grow was right. just a beautiful, beautiful part of the relationship. In my opinion, it was my favorite. It was my favorite relationship. It really was. Thanks, Angie. That's, yeah, that's super nice. And, and I'm glad you felt that way because, yeah, that is the way we are really, that is our culture. We have to treat everyone equally. Um, yeah, I'm glad yeah. to hear that. And with respect, it really, really is, it was very refreshing. Okay, what's something that somebody has done lately in marketing that has surprised you? Um, I think lately with all this COVID-19 yeah. stuff, um, I think, I will say like NASCAR 
and their whole like eye racing series was was remarkable. The fact that they can still this whole virtual racing series and how they were able to you know draw a million fans to watch these guys race virtually was incredible you know they still stayed relevant with their fans they were still able to engage with the fans and still promote the nascar brand so brilliant it was awesome you know it's just a great way it's you know where we were all we're all forced to kind of change now change how we do things now because of this whole new norm of social distancing and so forth right yeah i know that you're right that that's a great example that's a great example can i tell you mine sure so I went to high school with a with a woman named Michelle McKenna, who is the CIO, the Chief Information Officer of the NFL. Okay. And so she, they did their virtual draft. Yes. Oh, that was her. Got it. And the reason why it's surprising to me is that they pulled it off. <laughs> yes. Because, it I was... mean, look, Matt, how many times do we have problems just with a Zoom call? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and so how true. they did this was just incredible. Yes, I mean, right? Did they have like I don't know how many more millions of fans watching the draft? It was bigger. It was bigger yes. than, and they had like a over like almost two hundred feet live feeds going, and I don't. I was blown away that there didn't seem to be. Now I'm sure there were problems. Yeah, but I never saw them. But that's why it's. I mean, really, if there's a, it's a. The blessing to COVID-19 is the fact that we've all, as marketers, have really had to change the way we do things to reach this audience now. So, Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, I think some good things are going to come out of it. I really do. I think, yeah. uh, I think we're, we're all going to have to innovate, and or we all have innovated, and um, it'll be interesting to see where that innovation takes us next. Right. Um, and with, you know, with that in mind, you know, things change so quickly. What do you do to continue to grow and learn about about you know your world and your role i kind of struggle with this myself because i'm there's so many places to look you know it's like where where should i focus my attention to try to get better well angie luckily for me i have four advertising agencies that support pretty much what i do so yeah. they're the ones that really keep me and my team informed and they they stay on top of the trends um and We've seen consumer interest in live events and attending live events continue to grow year after year. And yeah. people really want to continue experiencing things in person um, as opposed to just reading about it. And we, we laugh up with this term. It's called, you know, FOMO, fear of yeah. missing out. Um, but again, like I said, I have got four great agencies that really help keep me informed and help provide some direction and so forth. So now how old are your kids, Matt? Oh my, uh, 19, 17 and 15. So are you seeing in them because, you know, all the, all the, you know, demographic research tells us this, their generation is really wants experiences. Are you seeing that in your kids? You know what my, for my daughter, um, she's a sophomore in college. No, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I don't know for her. She is, uh, I only say that because she's a little more introverted. Mm-hmm. Whereas my son, who will be a freshman in college, I, I could see him attending a lot more things. He's yeah. always out with his friends or always doing stuff. And I would expect from him, 
he's really enjoyed it when I've had a chance to take my family to some music festivals. He has really enjoyed that atmosphere. I guess they all have just kind of being able to, to experience their favorite artists live in person and just engaging with the audience and being part of that whole rush. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I hope COVID doesn't rob us of that because that is a very special part of, uh, of what we do. Uh, And, and and, And because of brands like Toyota, those experiences have been elevated. You know, I can remember going to, you know, I don't want to date myself here, but I I can remember going to college football games when I was in college. I mean, we were there, you know, for the game and it was fun. Believe me, it was fun. But now you go and it's a completely immersive experience. (laughs) Like, you know, like there's everything about, it's not just about the game on the field between the white lines. It's, it's the whole day. Right. Right. And that's why you'll laugh. I told my kids when they're choosing their colleges, I said, I don't care where you go. As long as you go to a school that has a big football team. So that way you'll experience what I didn't get to experience. And I can root for your team while watching them on TV. There you go. (laughs) That was the bottom line. So where do they go? Um, One goes to the University of Oregon. Um, My son will go to Texas A&M. Um, wow. And my youngest, she's only uh, in tenth grade. All right, can I lobby for Auburn? I don't believe me. Can, can I I'm lobby for an SEC school here? Okay, <laughs> well, you got to have, have one to experience that. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> Matt, what um, what have I? Is there anything I should have asked you that I haven't asked you? No, I think we pretty much haven't left any stone unturned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, then I'm going to take a quick break and we're going to come back in just a minute on the Fishing Business Podcast with Matt Ozawa from Toyota. I really want to hear from you to know what kind of questions you have and how I can serve you best in this podcast. The easiest place to reach me is probably at Facebook or Instagram where you can find me as Fishing Business Podcast or on YouTube, but you'll have to search for me there by typing in Fishing Business Podcast. Holla! We're back on the Fishing Business Podcast with Matt Ozawa, the Engagement Marketing Manager from Toyota. And um, Matt, before we go here, I got a couple of rapid fire questions I like to throw out at the end. How does a newcomer that wants to be involved with a company like a brand like Toyota, how do they get, not you specifically, but how do they get the attention of someone like you? (laughs) Well, if it were me, if you help me catch a big double-digit bass, you'll get my undivided <laughs> attention. Believe me. <laughs> I love that. I love um, that. It's, it's, it is – okay, honestly, I know it is very difficult um, to get into any big company, right? Um, yeah. Especially f- for me, I'm pretty much a little more behind the scenes. I keep a little pri- profile. I'm very friendly and approachable, but you probably won't see me out very visible um, but for us to get into just a company like Toyota in general, obviously we have external job postings all the time. Um, we have a management training program too. So I know we target certain schools to recruit from and so forth, whether that's engineering or business in general. Um, but there is no specific major or profile of person we look for. Um, yeah, you just have to stand out really. Yeah. It's tough, but I understand yeah. it's competitive out there. Yeah. And I would think that, you know, going back to the things that you highlighted early in the show about what, what, what kind of people you like to engage with, be more of that. 
right? Yes. Be more authentic and, 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 and relevant in your space and right. be you, be you. Absolutely. Cause yeah, yeah <laughs> eventually you'll come out, right? So that's right. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to find, let us find out too late. So that's right. Who's your favorite person or brand to follow on social media? Okay. I will honestly say I don't have necessarily a favorite person or brand. Um, I've been doing a lot more kayak fishing. So oh, I lately that. I have been doing a lot of YouTube searching on how to modify um, my kayak and install certain accessories and so forth. So there's like 20 different people and things I follow very specific to kayak modifications. I love that. I love kayak fishing too. And, and uh, uh, we had recently had Jim Sexton on, who is the VP of digital at Bass. And, and he was saying that that kayak content that they're doing at Bass is really resonating with people. And I, and I can see why. Yeah. It's, you know, obviously for, for most of us who maybe don't have the, the ability to, to purchase a bass boat, don't have access to large bodies of water, kayak is a very affordable way to uh, fish some new, new areas. And you know what? It's an affordable way to find out if you like it. True. You know, I mean, really, if you don't have somebody in your life that has a boat, there's a big distance from going from fishing on the pier to buying, to investing in a bass boat. Because not only is it the financial investment of a bass boat, but also, I mean, this is like the way I look at it. I'm like, how would I know how to not run aground? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, seriously, but a kayak, I get, I can do that. That's a transition I can make, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, one final thing. What's your best business advice that you'd give someone that's just starting out? Um, uh, show initiative. Demonstrate that you've shown initiative in the past, whether that's how you got the job or you know, how you earned a, an ideal assignment or you got to do something that others wanted to do, really. What kind of initiative are you demonstrating day in and day out? Um, and I know it's tough, but I, I can tell you for me personally, when we're looking at people to hire into Toyota and stuff, a lot of it is dependent on referrals. You know, yeah. if you put a referral on your resume, believe me, I am going to call that person to find out what kind of worker you were? Did you show the initiative on the job while you were there? What do you do to stand out? So, yeah, yeah. I, I struggle with that with my own kids. So I know well, it's tough. Uh, you know what it made me think of, Matt, is we said we told our kids when they were in sports. I would always say, listen, when you're coming off the bench and you're going into the outfield, you need to hustle out there. Right. You know, I don't want to see you walking out there. You need to run out there because you want to show the coach that you're into it. And that's a that's a you know a a way to tell a kid but really in the in the real world you want to show everybody that you're into it and you're ready to hustle yeah exactly right you mean it so. yeah that's right well thank you so much for being here today matt i know you've got tons to do and to be honest with you i was shocked when you said you would do this because i was like oh my gosh this is i can't believe i'm gonna get matt's time <laughs> thanks angie no, i appreciate a, it so much it's a great opportunity i'm glad i was able to participate um yeah if i can right. do anything else for you in the future let me know Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much. Thanks, Angie. Well, there you go. I'm so thankful to Matt for being on with us today. I'm going to write him a thank you note tonight because thank you notes are important, y'all, especially handwritten ones. I'm going to talk more about that later. That's it for this week's Fishing Business Podcast. Let me know how I'm doing. 
find me on Facebook or Instagram and reach out to me comment on YouTube or rate the podcast on iTunes or your podcast player and leave a review there too. It's really important. I'm asking you to do all that for me. I'm really trying hard to provide good content for you. And that's all I ask in return is give me some good feedback. Okay. I'm going to sign off now, just like Jerry McKinnis always signed off his television show by saying thank you to dad because he always had time to take me fishing. See you next time y'all.